everyone. Welcome back to the CTYA podcast. We are so glad that you joined us here today. Sit back, relax, get out your favorite pencil, your favorite notebook. May you be blessed in the Lord. have the best sound equipment. You don't have to have anything fancy. It's just a bunch of people getting together to lift up the name of Jesus. Because when you do that, you are doing what you were created to do by God. You were purposed to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You have inherent purpose within your life to lift up your praises to the King. So don't ever think you need something fancy in order to have a move of God. He is glorious all by himself and nobody else shares his glory. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that you're in Young Adults tonight, and uh, forgive me, I know you're uh, probably anticipating Brother or Sister Hussey to get up here and teach, uh, but we are praying for them uh, in their absence and their travels and wishing them a great uh, vacation time away. Um, you know, it's a joke that uh, you don't always get a vacation um, with, I thought I lost my notes, please forgive me. I was like, oh God, we're about to have a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I still can't find them. So anyway, uh, really praying that all the travel's going well and that God is moving in their lives. Hallelujah. Okay. Still can't find my notes. You may be seated tonight, and uh, we are going to have a good time in the Holy Ghost. We might be here for three and a half hours if I cannot find my notes, Uh, but God is good. And you know, like I said at the beginning, it doesn't have to be fancy. So we're about to put that theory to the test, uh, considering I had a beautiful outline typed up before I got here, and apparently my iCloud did not sync. So this is to all you people who love paper instead of electronics. This is your night, because had we had it your way, we would have a full outline. I'm going to take you to Genesis chapter 4. We are doing this in real time tonight by the help of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Uh, We've been studying redemption, and uh, it was my privilege to teach a few weeks ago on baptism in Jesus' name, and we talked about how that is a signifier of the covenant in the New Testament. When you call upon the name of the Lord, you are saying that I am ready to enter into relationship with the God who is there in my life. Uh, I want his control, and I want his purpose. And we talked about uh, the fact that that language in the Bible uh, can be tied all the way back, Brother McGrath, to Genesis. And so if I had any title for tonight's lesson, which again, we do not have notes for. I think that's so funny. Uh, it would be this, Genesis and John, uh, why people get overlooked. Genesis and John, why people get overlooked. Would you bow your heads with me tonight and ask the Lord for his help? God, we're so thankful for your presence that we clearly feel in this room tonight. And Lord, we are here to give you glory. We're here to magnify you, God, above everything else in our lives, above everything that is in this world, Lord. You alone have the glory and the power. And Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come tonight and your will would be done. Give us understanding of your word, God, so that we can incorporate it and we can live it out and bless this world with your power and your anointing. In Jesus' name, everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much again for being in Young Adults tonight. We're in Genesis chapter 4, and we're going to start uh, at verse 19. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis four nineteen, And uh, it says, And Lamech took unto him two wives. Now, this is a descendant of the person that we talked about a few weeks ago, the guy who murdered his brother, Cain, killed Abel. 
Uh, and Seth, the godly line of Seth, is the uh, line that would come from this family who lost Abel, the righteous man, uh, the son of Adam and Eve, and they lost him to Cain. So Cain uh, is... Uh, uh, Lamech's great, great, great grandfather, if I have that right, if my math is correct. Usually it's not, but I think it's correct tonight. Uh, Lamech is the great, great, great grandson of Cain. And so Lamech takes unto him two wives. Notice that's different than what God had commanded Adam and Eve to do uh, in Genesis chapter 1. And then skip down to verse 23. It says, And Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech. For I have slain a man to my wounding and a young man to my hurt. Verse 24, if Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. Now, when we're reading about Lamech in the uh, chapter uh, 4 of Genesis here, we are understanding that he is of the lineage of Cain, the man who the Bible literally says, uh, Brother Cameron, that he went out from the presence of the Lord. He left the presence of the God of covenant in his life. Because remember, after Cain murdered his brother Abel, God says to him, uh, where is your brother at? And Cain at least is not so bold as to say, uh, Brother Micah, well, uh, he's dead over there in the field because I just murdered him. What's it got to What's it got to do with you, big guy? You know, he, he at least avoided the question, right? He said, am I my brother's keeper? And of course, that didn't work out because it's like, well, you kind of were when you slit his throat over there in the field. So apparently you thought you could keep something uh, for yourself, amen? And so that's a little bit strong, but that's exactly the conversation that God has with Cain. And so Cain is representative of the lineage, the family of people who would say to the God of covenant, I'm going to do things my way. I'm not going to do things your way. Okay? And so Lamech is the great, great, great grandson of Cain. And we see the effect of that thought process in this family when Lamech is so bold as to not just avoid the question of what he has done by killing somebody. He owes a family meeting about it. He calls his wives together and says, I've got an announcement to make. Look at this wonderful thing that I have done. I have slain somebody for trying to hurt me. I have slain somebody for trying to wound me. Now, regardless of what we think about the fact that this apparently, from what we can tell in the text, was self-defense, the fact of the matter is this. Lamech's problem, the reason why this is significant, is because he takes God's judgment. When God judged Cain, see, when God said that, Cain, you've done a really terrible thing, I'm paraphrasing like the NLT, you've done a really terrible thing, and you have uh, uh, killed your brother, so I am going to make you a vagabond and a stranger in the earth, and you are going to be alone. And Cain's like, my punishment is too great. I cannot bear this. So God's like, okay, fine. I'll throw you a bone. See, if you never think that the God of the Old Testament is merciful, you need to read stories like this because Cain should have been dead many verses ago. Okay, Cain should have paid the penalty for what he had done long ago, but God was long suffering. He says, I'm going to give you a mark and everybody in the world is going to know that that mark is there so that if somebody tries to take your life, your life will be avenged sevenfold. And here we have Lamech saying, I know the judgment that you placed, that talking about God, that you placed upon Cain when you said that anybody who takes his life is going to be avenged sevenfold. Well, here's my thing. I'm going to make myself the standard of what's right and wrong. And I'm going to say, if that's the judgment that God put on Cain, then the judgment that I'm going to put on other people is 70 and sevenfold. Folks, that is the problem with the world that we are living in today. We're living in a culture of death. And it's because people are satisfied with determining what is right and wrong inside of their own heads rather than being informed by the word of God. 
Lamech's problem was that he had a judgment issue, and that was that the judgment was supposed to belong to himself in his mind. Is it any wonder that we have people today who, uh, who sob and weep and wail over terrible things that happen like these horrific school shootings that we read about? And please don't think I'm trying to politicize anything. But it is kind of shocking when you hear people uh, saying that these lives are so valuable, we need to do things to stop deaths like this from happening. And yet, generally speaking, most of the people who advocate for things like that in politics will also say that they're going to advocate for the slaughtering uh, of unborn children in their mother's wombs. See, that's the problem is it's too subjective. If we really are content with living within our own paradigm, our own worldview of what we determine is right and wrong, then it's a bunch of opinions just meshing together, trying to live life. It's a bunch of people that are trying to build society and to build relationships with people. And it never works because you were never created to live under your own paradigm and your own worldview, the authority of your own thinking. You were created to live under the paradigm of the almighty God. Okay, so that is the problem. And here's the thing that speaks to the way that we value people. Whenever we get humanism, which is exactly what we just described, when people are content to see right and wrong through their own lens, through their own understanding, whenever you get humanism in a society, it always produces inhumanity. Whenever people are left to their own devices, ladies and gentlemen, somebody's always going to end up dead. Somebody's always going to end up marginalized. Somebody's always going to end up victimized. And that's the problem of where we're living. If we have that understanding through the word of God that the issue is what's happening right here in Genesis. Lamech is the illustration of the worldwide problem that has plagued us since the beginning of time. And so we have the problem illustrated. Can I tell somebody tonight that if you are feeling marginalized, your problem is with the fall in Genesis? If you are feeling victimized, or if you actually have been victimized, we, we don't want to uh, uh, toss away people's trauma, but hear me tonight. The root issue of all the issues that we face in the world is a result of what has taken place here in Genesis chapter 3, when men decided we're going to do it our way rather than God's way. See, if we have that understanding, then we can have an understanding of the solution. Flip over with me to John chapter 14. I promise I will not be long tonight. We'll get out early because it is so hot in here. <laughs> I don't know why when I am scheduled to teach. It is like 3,000 degrees in the room. But we'll have a conversation with management about that. Don't worry. No, I'm just kidding. Kind of. All right. So John chapter 14 uh, and verse number 26. So thousands of years after this issue where we have this illustration, Lamech is this guy who says, I'm going to be the judge of my own life. I'm going to take authority over what I think is right and wrong. And that's going to be my standard. I'm not going to listen to God. I'm not going to walk in covenant. I'm going to be the solution. Jesus gives us a very different picture. John 14 verse 26, but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. That is so different than anything that Lamech ever did in his life. You see, Lamech set it up for himself and said, well, here's the deal. If you come after me, I'm going to use my own judgment to determine what I need to do. And that just happened to be killing somebody. But Jesus is saying here, I'm going to send you somebody else. Because I know your dilemma is that you're alone. I know your dilemma is that you're trying to process the world through your own worldview. And so I'm going to give you the power not only to know what's right, but to actually live what's right. I'm going to send the comforter. And we've been talking about the Holy Ghost for a lot in this class over the past few weeks. So I don't want to belabor the point. But this is the thing is that we, this is what I'm trying to say tonight, is that when we have been given the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we need to let that be the operating force in our lives. 
The Holy Ghost is not there just to make sure that you feel good when you go to church. The Holy Ghost is there to operate with you in real time and to inform your responses, to inform the way that you think about the world and the people around you. And so here's the point, is if the problem is people trying to do things their way, we have billions of Lamex walking around the world today trying to do life their own way. If that's the problem, and that's the reason why people are marginalized, and that's the reason why people feel offended, and that's the reason why people are considered to be less valuable, then the answer is more people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The answer is more people who are operating with the comforter in their life. Why is that? Because the Holy Ghost is there. We have this important language. I want you to look at this again in verse 26. Whom the Father will send in my name. He's going to teach you and then he's going to bring all things to your remembrance. Some people actually believe that after you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're supposed to be like the Pentecostal version of Gandhi. Or a Holy Ghost filled hippie. Brother Ross, what do you mean? (laughs) I will tell you. What they mean is this, and we've all done it, right? So I'm not, I'm, I'm not attacking, but it's just some people actually get into this little box in their minds, and they think, once I'm filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, my life is going to look like this. When I'm stuck in traffic at 8.30 in the morning, and I-65 is barely moving, because how many of you know at 8.30 in the morning, I-65 does not move an inch for several hours, <laughs> and it can be frustrating, right? But you know, but you have the Holy Ghost now, right? So it's you in the middle of traffic with the Holy Ghost, and what's supposed to happen is God, you, somebody cuts you off, right, in the middle of this enraging traffic, and it's like 3,000 degrees outside. The air conditioning is not working if you're in my car. My air conditioning only works if I'm going like 95 miles an hour. I think that I have been cursed, <laughs> and we are going to deal with that at a later time, but tonight it's teaching. So, But here's the thing. Somebody cuts you off in the middle of traffic. People actually believe that the Holy Ghost is supposed to make you go, ah, thank you, Jesus. I am so thankful they cut me off in the middle of this traffic. Thank you, God, for this blessed moment. Hallelujah. Bless them in their lineage, Lord. Keep them in your covenant, mighty God. Okay, it doesn't work like that, right? I, I, believe me, I wish it did work like that. It would be so much easier to live for God if in all the moments that I am tempted to react negatively in my flesh, the Holy Ghost would just take over, you know, like invasion of the body snatchers and just, and just get on with, you know, just make me do the right thing and then I can move on with my life. You know, go have chips and salsa and be happy. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, but that's not the way it works, okay? Why is that? Because the Holy Ghost is not there to cancel out your flesh. The Holy Ghost is there to empower your flesh. Now, what does this have to do with the overlooked? Well, here's the thing. We can talk a lot about the overlooked and the marginalized. I know those are two words that are huge buzzwords in our culture today, but I need you to hear me tonight. There is no possible way that you can hype yourself up in your flesh to be the person who's going to save the overlooked and the marginalized. You are not the savior of the world. But here's the powerful thing. You have the comforter with you. And the purpose of the Holy Ghost is not to make you Pentecostal Gandhi. It's to keep you you, but to help you in the moment. So that when you are tempted to do the wrong thing, when you are tempted to step outside of that covenant lineage and become that Lamech or that Cain who's going to do whatever they want to do, the Holy Ghost can help you in real time and help you remember. Because here's the reality of it. You cut me off at 8.30 in the morning, my initial flesh reaction is not going to be very positive. But the Holy Ghost says, oh, wait, hang on. Yeah, I, I want to react that way, but I don't have to anymore. 
That's a very trivial situation, right? We understand that. But there are some dark situations that people really face, way greater than anything that traffic could ever produce, believe it or not. If traffic is your biggest worry, you have a very blessed life. But how many of you know there are people in this room right now who are carrying dark, heavy things that we don't even know about? It's just statistically the case, right? You can just assume. And so how am I going to get through that? How am I going to hang on in the midst of all this, Brother Benson, uh, if I don't have a helper, if I don't have the comforter? You see, Lamech's issue was that he wanted to do things his way, and he was okay with accepting control. But the comforter is there to bring all things to our remembrance, whatever Jesus has said. You see, that was written for the disciples, but it was also preserved for us. And so the purpose of the Holy Ghost is to help us have the right vision, to help us have the right understanding in the middle of our life. Whatever the circumstance may be, whatever the trial may be, whatever you may be facing tonight, the Holy Ghost is there to help you have the mind of God. And that is a beautiful thing. And then if we could turn over to John, uh, 1 John, rather, chapter 1. I promise I'm almost done. I know it's boiling in here. Y'all are wonderful. 1 John chapter 1. One, and verse number three. Hereby we do know, I'm sorry, chapter two. Yeah, chapter two. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And then verse number 10. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. You see, a really good litmus test to figure out how close you are to God is how you treat people. Now, that should bring conviction. Here's the thing. When Brother Mac was teaching on Sunday morning, it was amazing. I looked out and saw the, the audience when he was teaching, and he, he, taught, he said, you know, sometimes the overlooked, he talked about children, right? Children can be overlooked. But then he said, sometimes it's the marginalized. And many of us know what that feels like, is what he said. I watched hundreds of people nod their head and say, oh, yes, absolutely. Because the truth is, every single one of us knows what it's like to feel marginalized. Every single one of us knows what it's like to feel left out. Every single one of us has felt the weight of being not included. So, here's the funny thing. If everybody has been marginalized, then nobody's marginalized. If everybody has, been, has felt left out, right, when walking with God and being in church and trying to live faithfully for him, if everybody knows what that's like, then nobody's really left out. You see, what I've come to remind you tonight is this. We need to be reminded we are never going to get this in our flesh. We have to lean on the Holy Ghost. You are going to be so much better of a minister if you stop trying to live for God in your flesh and you just let the Holy Ghost operate in your life. Because here's the truth of the matter. I don't always know who the overlooked is. Sometimes the overlooked and the marginalized looks like the person with all the friends. Sometimes the overlooked and the marginalized in the world looks like the person who has it all together. I need the help of the Holy Ghost to guide my life to the people who need me. Because <laughs> they don't need me. They need him. But here's the thing. If everybody has felt marginalized, then nobody's really marginalized. Satan loves to exploit our emotions. Satan loves to exploit how we feel. 
And oftentimes I've seen it so many times in people's lives where they feel lonely, they feel left out, and they become embittered. And they say, I don't like that church anymore. That church is full of hypocrites. That church is full of uh, bitter people and people who don't want to include you. And you know, while you're at it, why not just throw the whole UPCI in there, right? Because there's so many issues with the UPC or any other organization. And it's just that seed of bitterness. We cannot allow the enemy to exploit how we are, ladies and gentlemen. We've come too far in our walk with God for that. If you feel marginalized, what you have to do is let the Holy Ghost help you understand that you are not alone. You could be the only one on planet Earth who exists, and you are not alone, because the God who is there is there with you. If you have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the same chapter that Jesus describes the comforter, he says, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to come to you. So in the middle of your darkest moment, when you truly feel alone, when you feel like you have no friends, when you feel unlovable, when you feel unloved, when you feel unaccepted, what you have to realize is that that is a lie from hell. Oh, sure, you'll be lonely from time to time, right? You'll feel left out from time to time. You'll feel like nobody's in your corner from time to time. But the, re the reality is it's just a season. If you are faithful to God, he is not going to leave you alone. He's not just going to leave you alone with himself. He is going to send friends your way. He's going to send people your way because no man is an island, right? I'm not preaching isolationism. I'm just saying when you feel alone, don't let the enemy dictate what you're going to feel and do. Lift your hands and praise the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus, for being with me. Lift your hands and praise the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus, for never leaving me nor forsaking me. That's letting the Holy Ghost take the word of God and let that literally inform how you think and how you live your life. Can we all stand tonight and the musicians can come? <laughs> you know, I'm not anticipating a dramatic reaction here tonight necessarily uh, because I know it's 100 degrees in here and we've all had long days. But I did feel that this is for somebody tonight. I'm confident that this message is for somebody. I don't know who you are. I really... I, I don't know. It's not my ability to be able to see into everybody's individual life and heart and mindset and see how lonely you are. But can I tell you that the Holy Ghost is here tonight and he does have the ability to see into every detail of your life. And so if you are feeling marginalized tonight, what you need to do is receive the fact that God is here with you in this room. If you have been filled with the Holy Ghost, God is living on the inside of you and you are never alone. So the enemy wants to exploit your emotions. He wants to exploit how you feel because he knows if he can do that enough, he can make you feel hopeless. But with the spirit of Christ living inside of you, you are never hopeless. You have more hope than the devil has ever had hope to have in his entire life. And so if you feel marginalized, that's what you need to pray tonight is God help me to understand that your word is above how I feel. But then all of us need the reminder, myself included. It can be so easy to get into our selfish box. I can always tell when I'm getting there because God usually leads me to witness to somebody and to pour into somebody's life that I really don't feel like doing. <laughs> Is that too real? You know what I'm talking about, right? Like I see your reactions. It's like you start getting in that selfish corner of your life where you're so focused on all your problems and all your issues or even all your benefits and positives. It doesn't have to be all the negative all the time, but it's just you get sucked into that selfish nature. And it's like, it's like the enemy's trying to pull you back into that mode where you're like a lineage of Cain and you're like Lamech and you're just deciding things yourself. You're the center of your world. And what the Holy Ghost wants to do is to let you free from that, to not be so selfish all the time and realize that there are other people around you 
that need poured into. So with every hand lifted tonight and every eye closed, I'm just asking us to pray. Lord, I hope that you search our hearts tonight and help us to identify, God, where the needs are at in our lives tonight.